Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. In a world where very few people embrace their global identity and seek to understand their neighbors, cross-cultural expert Tayo Roxon is on a mission to bridge this divide. Each week, he'll open your mind with insights from some of the global minds in the world. Get ready, take some notes, and learn how to be the best you that you can be. Welcome everybody to another episode of As Told by Nomads. I do apologize for my voice. I did lose it recently, but I will push through this interview. But today's interview is with Heather Thorkelson, and she is a business coach and location independent serial entrepreneur. She helps freelancers basically take names and no, no, that's not, that's not what she does. She helps streamline your business and uh, become amazing at working for yourself, which is basically um, the same thing. She's been running the Republic of Freedom since 2011 after spending her 20s honing her chops in the corporate world and working a pretty eclectic selection of jobs around the world. She also had one realization while she was doing all this. She's not meant to do this like everybody else. She's not meant to be an employee. She's not meant to be the nine to five employee. When she started creating a livelihood that works with um, other people's strengths, she realized that she could start doing this for other people. And then she launched her home business, which is Republic of Freedom. She's also interested in the sense that she found out that she was a, an adult TCK, um, which is a lot of uh, what's happened with the guests in the past where she's found out that um, she's got this um, ability to, to connect to other people's cultures. And now she's, She's um, added that element to her business. So throughout today in the interview, we're going to be talking about building that type of business that is the type of business that you can sort of dictate your own schedule and also how you can apply that to um, to yourself if you're a TCK and uh, make sure that you know you don't feel out of place. So welcome to the show, Heather. Thanks so much, Tao. It's great to be here. <laughs> no, the, the pleasure is mine. Your, your bio is extensive. So I, I, was, I, was, I was trying to shorten it. But then I was like, she's done so many, so many uh, great, uh, so much great stuff that I, I, you know, I don't know where to shorten it. But yeah, what's the best way to introduce yourself to audience? How would you say you got started? Oh, good question. Well, so I here's the thing: I hmm. did work for most of my twenties in jobs in the corporate world and everything. But I knew from a really young age that, like, I wouldn't be able to sustain that. You know, so. 
you know, how I kind of, how I got started in doing what I'm doing now, the seeds were planted for that when I was much younger and when I was, you know, growing up abroad, essentially, because it's so hard to come, quote unquote, back to regular life, right? So these seeds were planted really early on, but then I went to university and I had to pay off all my debt. So I had to get jobs. I had to be, you know, I chose to be practical about those next steps and about also gaining experience in the corporate world and building my skill set. And most importantly, finding out what I don't want, what I don't like. And then when I was finally sort of, when I finally had it, I was like, okay, enough, like I'm done. I made the leap in 2010 and, you know, took some other courses to build my other skill sets. And in 2011 opened Republic of Freedom. And in the beginning it was quite different. I started as a, I got trained as a life coach because I didn't really know what I was going to do post-corporate. I just thought, okay, practicality dictates that I'm going to be dealing with people a lot. So I may as well get some kind of certification in people, dealing with people. and Life coaching seemed like a good <laughs> idea. So I did that. And then I started out my original ver- version of my business, which was called Reboot, as a life coach. So that was 2011 to early 2013. And then I... I coached people essentially, and I started getting a lot more requests to help people build businesses. And then I rebranded as Republic of Freedom. And for the past, I've been dedicated to that for the past three and a half years. Um, so that that's kind of the little genesis story of how I got to now in a nutshell. <laughs> no, that, that's fascinating. There's so many, uh, there's so many things there to, to peel from. The, the first thing that I want to start off with is, is you're originally Canadian, right? That's right. And you said you, you, you started, you know, traveling a lot. What was the reason why you started traveling a lot? So my father was an airline pilot, um, which is, it adds an interesting element to my TCK-ness because I didn't move out of the country officially until I was 14. So my family moved to Costa Rica when I was 14 and I spent the next three years there going to high school, um, which were pretty formative years for me. And when I went back to Canada to go to university, I had horrible reverse culture shock. Um, But because my dad was an airline pilot, I started traveling with him much earlier. I started when I was about eight, actually going on like um, one-on-one trips because I have two sisters. So he would rotate between us. And, you know, every time he had a layover somewhere like two or three days in, you know, Argentina or two or three days in Rome, whatever, he'd be like, okay, which kid's turn is it? Okay, you're coming with me. So we would get these little little tastes of what it was like to be in these other countries and these other cultures. And I lived in a small town in the middle of Canada, like really, really, really small. Like I went to school with a bunch of farmers' kids who bust into this little town. And so, you know, I'd go to like we'd go sometimes over Christmas as well. I'd go to Argentina over Christmas and I'd come back and I'd be telling my friends about what it's like in Buenos Aires. And they were like, Arja, what? Huh? Like they didn't even know where it was on the map. So... I was already kind of feeling like a little bit of an alien because this huge, interesting world had been open to me, not so much as a tourist per se, because we would go and stay there like with friends or whatever in these other countries. And and I, I felt more like a guest, like a, like a guest in these other countries. And then I'd come home and I couldn't, I, not nobody in my social sphere could even grasp at all what I had, where I'd been and what I'd been up to. And then, you know, finally, when I was 14, we moved to Central America and that was that. Then it was like my whole third culture-ness just went into overdrive and it's been that way ever since. And since I lived in Costa Rica, I lived in the Bahamas, I lived in Japan, worked in Japan, lived and worked in Mexico, lived and worked in South Africa, lived in Peru while I was running my business 
and now I live in Sweden. So I've been all over the place. Yeah, that's, that's fascinating. I'm, the first country that I I did move to was Sweden. Um, I was too young to remember it, but that's when my brother was born. So no way. Yeah, yeah. I was I was one when we moved to Sweden. But cool. um, that is so fascinating. What about the reverse culture shock? When you said you came back and you experienced reverse culture shock, what was that like? Why do you think that? Oh. You know, yeah, you know, that was something experienced. Yeah, you know, it, it was funny. I just was in this Facebook group for TCKs the other day, and a guy was describing the experience he's having right now. Like he just came back and started going to college in this small town, and his I think he's in the states somewhere. And he every emotion he was describing, I was like, yeah, that was me twenty years ago, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> to a T. That's me. So like I was 17 when I came back to Canada and I wasn't in a small town, but I was in like sort of a medium sized town and like living abroad, living, look in Central America, right? I went to a private school there and my friends were all sort of diplomatic kids. They were sort of a, they had a different level of world sophistication about them. So I was surrounded by people who had a very similar worldview to me in that it was very broad. They all had their home cultures and they had like a lot of my friends had lived in various countries because of their parents' jobs. And, you know, we in Central America as well, like there's nightlife, even when you're young, even when you're 14, 15 years old, you're going out to the salsa clubs and stuff, you know, and you have a, you sort of learn a healthy relationship with alcohol early on and whatever. And then I moved back to this university town and I felt like, and I, I don't mean this in any way negative towards anyone. It's just that the people who were my, the kids who were my age were at a completely different stage of development. Like they were just being set free from their parents' house for the first time. And it was like, you know, university kids gone wild. Like they were all just partying and drinking and this and that. And I was kind of like, dudes, I'm over this. Like I'm paying a lot of money to be here. I need to get an education. <laughs> and, <laughs> And so it was really, I, I, I didn't, like, I really didn't actually make any friends. I kind of struggled along and I didn't, I couldn't find points of connection with people in my classes. My classes were 300 students big. Like, I mean, half of the kids were showing up hungover and sleeping through class anyway. So it wasn't even like the environment was conducive to socializing. And I lived in a student house, but most of the students were like master's degree students and kind of very serious and whatever. And I just felt completely out of water. So I, I had no social circle to connect to. And even the people who tried to like connect with me, I, uh, I didn't, I felt like an alien. Like there was just no way around it. You know, I felt like a total alien and I felt like Canada was so smaller town, Canada, let's say I was kind of over it. I was like, this is a little bit too boring. Like I really wanted my life back. I wanted my life in Costa Rica back. <laughs> and so I was sort of in this really, you know, I was, I was young, I was 17. I was kind of immature. Like I, it was, it was a very weird time and I didn't last. I spent two years there. I got super depressed and I ended up dropping out of school and moving to Japan. Cause I'm like, I, why am I here? Like, there's no point in, I'm not learning. I'm, this isn't a good environment for me. I don't have friends. I, I need to get out of here. And that's what I did. So you got out of there and then, um, you know, life started, like really, yeah. really started for you. Yeah, yeah, it really did. Because here's the other thing that I didn't mention. I, as much as I'm a very like social person and I, you know, I can talk anyone's ear off, you know, like most TCKs can, um, I'm, I'm, I'm actually quite an introvert. So I don't really need to have lots of people around, but I need 
a couple of good people, you know, and I don't, I don't like big groups. I don't like parties. I don't want to be on sports teams. Like that, the, that kind of advice of like, how does a TCK integrate back into their home society? Most of that advice doesn't work for me because I'm not, I'm not interested. Those are not the environments I thrive in. So, um, I was, you know, I was introverted. I was shy. I was socially awkward. I was anxious in groups. And the reason I chose Japan is because I had had so many of these sort of social ineptitudes for so long. And I knew deep down that that wasn't what my life was supposed to be like. Like I was sort of getting sick of myself and I thought, okay, how can I completely blow this out of the water? Like how can I choose the hardest possible path <laughs> to, to force me to get over this crap, you know? And that's why I chose Japan because I thought, oh, that's terrifying. Like there's a million people crammed into this tiny island, you know, and I'm going to be surrounded by people all the time and I don't speak the language and it's super foreign and da, 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 whatever. And it really, like it did exactly what I needed it to. It catapulted me out of so many fears and onto this trajectory that has been like completely phenomenal ever since then. There's actually a uh, a blog post I wrote about this for, in 2012 or 2013. It's one of my most well-read blog posts. And you can, if anyone wants to look it up on my website, it's something like how I, how, oh, what's it called? It's like how I karate chopped fear to live a life of ridiculous adventure or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so just, just like go to my website, republicoffreedom.com and go on the search bar and put karate, karate chop fear and you'll find it. <laughs> no, that, that's amazing. I also love that title. Um, no, but that's great. And I, I think the thing with TCKs is that, you know, even though there's that commonality that we have with, in, terms of, in the sense of the experience, there's definitely, um, there are definitely different types of TCKs. You know, there's some that thrive in that environment that need the people and there's some that don't. And I, I'm sort of in the middle. I, you know, I'm, I'm an ambivert. Sometimes, you know, I, I get energy from connecting, but other times I, I, you know, I'm just comfortable being by myself. And I, yeah. I often appear to be more so, I look more social than I actually am. But at the same yep. time, if you put me around anyone, I will start a conversation just because, you know, I hate the person to to not feel, you know, involved or out of place. So it's, it's interesting. Totally. That. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, okay, fine. Let's talk about how people can start building this location independent businesses. So someone's going to leave the passport country. Someone's got this desire. Maybe they have this itch to just keep traveling, but they don't know how to really build that business that they can do or that they can establish and be anywhere in the world, you know, they feel like, Oh, I got to be in this, in this office environment. I can't really do something that, that would not get me fired. I can't really pursue my passion. What would you tell that? Yeah. Person? Yeah. So I think, you know, the, the, the first thing is that a lot of people don't realize what incredible transferable skill sets they have. And I certainly didn't. When I left my job, um, in 2010, I had been a salesperson in a pharma company. Like you cannot imagine a worse mismatch. <laughs> like I'm, I like go to a naturopath. I'm not salesy. <laughs> like hell? it was so weird. But um, when I left that, I, I actually didn't realize like 2010, you'd think I would know, but it, I didn't really understand what was possible with the internet. And I didn't, I like, I literally took a year trying to figure out what I should do um, and I even applied to a master's degree because I thought, okay, if I get this master's degree in like emergency management, whatever, I can get hired by, by an NGO because I really, I did not want to be stuck in one place. And I think this is something that a lot of TCKs really struggle with. Like you do not want to be held in one geographical location. Like how can we 
how can we break out of that? And, you know, I've seen a lot of people talking about, well, you can teach English or you can be a tour guide or, you know, all these things, which are all, they're all fantastic, but some people love teaching English. Some people love being tour guides. I, I've done both and I never want to do them again. Like I want other <laughs> options, you know, I want other options. And also I want options that can grow with me. You know, you have a, you have an earning limit in traditional jobs, like teaching English, like being a tour leader. Um, you have, there's just a lot of limitations, even if you're freelance. So I, I thought about it a lot. You know, I applied to, to grad school, didn't get in. And then I thought, aha, yeah, here's the lesson. I don't want someone else to hire me and place me internationally. I want to be able to place myself internationally based on where I feel like I want to be. So the next piece of that puzzle, which I, you know, I, I didn't have any help. I didn't have anyone. I didn't even know that there were coaches or location independent, anything. I knew nothing. So I was just kind of like figuring it out all on my own. And then that's, like I said earlier, I got trained as a life coach. And then I started to somehow, I can't remember exactly how, but on the internet I saw like some business coach and I was like what's this and you know and I kind of fell down the rabbit hole and then I realized over time as I built my life coaching practice um, that there were so many things that I could do or that anybody can do by thinking of their skill set outside of the box so I started as a coach I turned into I did web design I taught myself web design and then I built websites for a while because I needed to supplement my income when I was first starting my business so I was doing web design remotely I was coaching on Skype then I built that into a um, into my business consultancy and what I've learned in the process of six years of working with people is that mine in terms of location independent work is actually very I'm very boring like life coach turned business consultant woo woo there's tons of us right but a lot of people that I've worked with have taken very interesting alternate paths. And so much of what I love doing when I'm talking to people and trying to sort of dissect how they could make it a livelihood and how they could build, build something that's, that's really exciting for them to do is not looking at the skill set that they already have. So like, maybe you've been an accountant in a company and you're like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. You could go online and be an accountant an online based, a freelance accountant, right? And do things differently. But what are your soft skill sets? And TCKs have crazy, amazing soft skill sets. You know, I mean, most of us can talk about a crazy variety of different subjects because we've been exposed so much. We can talk about all kinds of worldwide issues, whatever, you know, we understand how to connect with a variety of different people in a short period of time, which is a huge thing. So there are there are usually there are so many more things about a given person that they could use that they could turn into something that they could sell as a soft skill that they don't even realize. And I'll give you an example. This actually didn't turn out <laughs> interestingly enough, but my favorite example is a, a client I had that was a captain. She's a female boat captain. And she said, I don't want to be stuck working on boats all the time. Like I, you know, in order to make money, I need to be on a boat away. Like, what if I, what if I feel like going to India and doing yoga for two months? Like, I want to still be able to make an income. Her incredible soft skill set is conflict resolution. Like, she can take a situation from, you know, 100 down to 10 in no time flat. And so we talked at length and workshopped this idea of, like, what about creating an online course helping people with the skills of conflict resolution. That's huge. Yeah, you know? it's big. 
It's amazing. Huge. Oh yeah. my God. And you could do like, you could do so many sub versions of that, like conflict resolution for online business owners, conflict resolution for moms, conflict, res- like whatever there's, you know, you could go completely bonkers with that if that's your soft skill set. So I guess my point is that you probably don't even realize the absolute gold, especially as a TCK, the absolute gold that you have in you that could be turned into something extremely valuable for your pocketbook, but also that you would love to put out into the world and that you would love to help people with. Yeah. Yeah. You basically, you know, finding an environment and lifestyle in which you can thrive. Yeah, for sure. You know, and it starts with do it starts with meaningful contribution, in my opinion. Like mm. the people who are the happiest are the people who are contributing meaningfully. So that's sort of ground zero. It's like what what can I do to contribute meaningfully that will give me the income I need to do whatever the heck I want. I, I love that, and, and that's why people, as if you're listening, you got to check out um, Heather Thorkinson's website, and that's you know she's 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 a Republic of Freedom dot com, but. A lot of what she does is very much like Mr. Miyagi, which she's about to explain. So, <laughs> so why why would you why would you tell the audience that you're like Mr. Miyagi? Like Mr. Miyagi, yeah. <laughs> I see you've been reading my little about page. Hey, hey, I gotta do some research. <laughs> did some research. All right, um, but so, yeah, no, uh, I saw so, that was interesting. But it, the way you describe that is something that I feel like you know someone listening might say, "Wow, I got I got to you know contact that." I. I How do I put this? Online, I see a lot of people peddling very similar stuff. There's a lot of formulas. There's a lot of like, follow these steps and you'll get this. And I do not believe that. We are so diverse, you know, like human beings are so diverse and everyone brings different things to the table. Everyone brings different levels of comfort, different levels of introversion, extroversion, different levels of technical capability, all that kind of stuff. So what I do differently and what I love about the way that I work with clients is that I really look specifically at you as a, as a whole person and all of those different soft and hard skills and life experience. And we build from there. So we build a plan from you as an individual and look forward to stuff that's going to work. And I'm a really big fan of not doing stuff you don't want to do. Like the power of no. And what I said earlier, like I know what I don't like. I know how I don't like to spend my days. So I've built a business around the stuff that I like to do for the most part. And there's always stuff that you don't like to do that you have to do. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
And as much as possible, I delegate that. And so that's another piece of the puzzle. It's another piece of sort of like this whole, why I say like, I'm like Mr. Miyagi to your karate kid, you know, because it's not like a one brush fits all, like, here you go, here's the solution. It's like, no, 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 let's sit down and like dissect you and figure out a path that's going to work perfectly for you so that you won't start hating your business down the road or get burnt out or like, you know, work hard and not smart because that's that's no good, right? If you're going to do something, if you're going to go outside the matrix, like let's start from scratch doing it right for you. Yeah, yeah, I, I, exa- I agree exactly. And it's exactly like what you wrote. You said, Mr. Miyagi understood Karate, karate Kid's um, strengths and weaknesses better than anyone. And you, while you're not an old Japanese man, you've got, <laughs> you've got mad skills for getting um, into clients' head and reworking the things that they you know, aren't working on. So that, that's, um, you know, that's, that's amazing. Cause you're right about the fact that a lot of people that do location independent businesses do end up having repetitive type of content, you know, the formula for this, the step-by-step approach to this, how you can blah, 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 blah. You know, it's almost the same type of title. They've, you can see that from afar that they've basically modeled after someone else, even though it's yeah. a little different. And it's, yeah. it's not until you, you talk to them or see that you're like, Oh, this is how you're different. But when I was reading that, yeah. it sounded like you were the same. So, yeah. <laughs> the, the other thing, though, is because I'm starting to work with a lot of freelancers uh, just because I'm, uh, I'm doing a lot of creative projects. And one thing that I've, I've noticed, especially with the freelancers just starting out who are building their profiles, is you know the, the idea of prices. Sometimes they're like, I don't know when to charge, how much to charge, if I'm charging too much, if I should turn down a client because he's pretty big or she's pretty big. You know, how can I determine what my best price and model is? Um, Do you have any advice for that? Yeah. um, So if you're first starting out, it's one thing, right? Because if you haven't had any traction yet and you haven't worked with anyone yet, that's one thing. And you, you, my philosophy is always that you want to price yourself in a way that's accessible to to your target market, but in a way that's a little bit scary for you, especially women, because we're really bad at undercharging. Um, So you know, making it accessible enough for that entry level market that you're going to start working with, but scarier for you is, is, is an important piece. But the secondary piece, and this is even more important is that people forget that they need to price based on the value that they deliver. Right. And you only really understand um, the value that you're delivering if you understand your target market really well. So people who are sort of freaked out about like, oh, what should I charge? And is this too much? Whatever. Have conversations with real people first, you know, like find three people who are sort of who you consider to be your ideal target market, even if they're like friends or colleagues of yours or whatever, and say, okay, look, I'm thinking of making this package and it's going to have this, this and this would you pay X amount of money for that kind of thing? And if they're like, yeah, I don't know, then you can be like, okay, what would make it a definite yes? Like, what could I add in that would make it a no brainer for you? And then that, that helps you understand, like, what is the value that your target market really needs the most and what will make it a no brainer to pay that for you? And I find that that's a good, that's a really good jumping off point. You know, we always need to tweak, of course. And, you know, like as you grow as a business owner, you're, 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 offerings change and your target market often changes so you have to revisit those a good you know every cycle but um from a starting point i think that's that's the best advice i got right now no i'm not but i think that's great and i think even even as for me as i've started to because there are two sides to me so i I use media as as an activist um my thing is always to tell the stories aren't being told and my whole goal when i started launching this podcast was to 
build the next set of global leaders. And I wanted to use my TCK-ness, if you will, to, to sort of show how my experience sort of put me in situations where I was constantly between cultures and I had, you know, those two choices. One, to, to feel really bad and not do anything or to turn that into an advantage. And as, as I started to learn about the transferable skills, if you will, like you were saying earlier, I started to see the mind resolved in that connecting people across cultures, conflict resolutions, and educating. So, I, you know, and my role models were educators, so to speak, like um, Oprah Winfrey and um, late Nelson Mandela. But they were educators in ways where they, they were encouraging people to be better versions of themselves or to combat intolerance in some form of way. Yeah. So I started doing that and started talking about that. And it was interesting because when I first started that, it, it was it was at a moment like you. I was also doing a sales job I hated, uh, and, mm-hmm. and and I uh, you know I, I I quit and I moved to New York City. And I was like, I don't know. I mean, I know I want to be in media, so I'll figure it out. Let me start with interviewing people. And the more I started doing that, the more I you know my skills started to develop. And then it flipped in the sense that while I was getting my MBA, people started asking me for things that I didn't realize I was skillful in. Come speak at a conference. Come advise these people uh, on TCK. Come talk to the people, um, to some high school kids here at the World World Bank. Come, you know, write a book. Come do that. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. How are you seeing all these skills that I'm not seeing? Or come yeah. voice something. And it, it would start to become even more interesting when people would start to ask me, hey, what, what's your charge? How did you do that? And I did not know where to start. I was like, wait, charge? This is a business? <laughs> I, this, I, have, yeah. I have inadvertently fallen into business. I was like, yes, this is what I wanted to do. But yeah. um, I didn't know what I would, what I was worth, or what you know. I didn't even know how to even package that. And and I right. find that you know, there. I always say this. I mean, my goal is always to build the business in the long run. But it sort of came sooner than I than I anticipated because I guess no one had really focused on how to use TCK to to leverage that into something and um, tangible. And I was just sort of telling stories. So I definitely had that struggle, and I probably still do have that struggle in a sense that. Occasionally, I get different people asking me how to charge this. Uh, what What do you want to do? What do you want to do? And I'm like, ah, I don't, I don't quite know. I don't say that yeah. to them, but in my head, I'm like, what, what am I charging this person? So it's yeah, yeah, totally. It's a real challenge, especially because like things that come naturally to you, in some ways, it almost feels like a little bit wrong to charge, right? That's You're exactly like, no, I'll, just, it. I'll just come and do the talk. Like, I'm happy to talk. That's exactly <laughs> right? it. That's exactly what I would say. That's exactly what I tell my, my mentors all the time. And they they have to, like, get me, like, Tyler, just just listen. You, you're yeah. not, this is, it's natural to you, but not everybody understands this. Why are they asking you if it's so natural, you know? So, yeah. yeah. And you know, you make a really good point. It's like such a good point. And I was just noticing your little tagline for us told by nomads, which is embrace your global advantage. I love that. That's so cool. Um, and everything that you're saying about me and like asking me to do this stuff, there's this stuff that this, this goes back to those skill sets that those soft skill sets that people don't realize that they have, you know, that I was referring to earlier. Like when people show you who you are, believe them. When they show you, oh, you have this and you're that and it's so wonderful when you do this, listen to that. Those are the skills that you don't realize you have because it comes like super easy to you, right? Exactly. For other people, that's super, super hard. And like the client I told you about earlier who does the conflict resolution, th- this thing I said to her, okay, you're a captain. What is super easy for you that your friends tell you is super hard? And she was like, oh, yeah, like 
bringing bringing situations down like bringing tense situations down and i'm like conflict resolution she's like yeah it's like i could do it in my sleep but nobody else seems to be able to do it and i was like voila (laughs) you know like it's so and for me i actually created a course a few years ago called kit comparisonitis because i was seeing i still see all of my clients really struggling with comparison you know like they get paralyzed they don't want to move forward with a project or launching their website or writing their book or whatever it is that they want to do because they're like, oh, but everyone's done it already and they've done it better. And I, I've never had that problem really, like a little bit, but not much. And so for me, it comes naturally to not, to not compare. So I reverse engineered that weird soft skill set into a course that helped teach people how to stop doing that. And, and so that like, I love your example. And, you know, I know you're asking about pricing, but I just wanted to go back to that for a second, because I think that that's something a lot of TCKs will experience in their life where people keep saying to them, I, like, you're so good at this or I love this about you. And it just in your mind never clicked. Right. Ah, right. that right. could be business. Like this could actually be something I charge for. And it's not wrong to charge for it. If you're adding value for people, if your talks are like blowing people's minds or even just giving them a new way to think about important things in their life, that's incredible value. Like you, we should be we should be in a place where we're proud to charge for that, you know, that we're lucky enough that we can charge for that kind of thing. No, I completely agree. And, and you know, a lot of times people ask, oh, I don't need a People always say, I don't need a coach. I don't need a coach. These are one of the reasons why you need a coach. I, I actually have come around to that idea because I thought, well, I have a mentor, so I'm fine. But a lot of times, you know, coaches help guide you through that level. And even coaches have coaches. I'm, I'm sure you would, you would agree with that. And, totally. Yeah. And I think it's such a great point that you, you bring up with the asking your friends then because that's exactly what I say to people when they ask me, well, how do I find my passion? And sometimes I have – you know, what are people I'm talking to or training? I have them go through the exercise where they ask five to 10 of their friends or in addition to five to 10 of people that don't really know that maybe they work with and ask them to say, well, what are five skills do you think I have? And, you know, we sort of find that correlation between that. And then from there, we build out something. So you yeah. never know. So yeah, you never know. It's really amazing. We, we really don't understand how other people see us. That That's a fact. You know, like we really don't understand how our friends and colleagues and like, you know, acquaintances or like friends from high school, we don't get it. I remember in 2010, actually, the year that I left my job, I we we all went back. All of my friends who graduated from high school together in Costa Rica went back to Costa Rica for sort of a mini reunion. And we were kind of talking about stuff. And my friends started talking about how I was in high school and I don't remember myself that way. I remember myself very differently. And they were like, no, no, you were totally like this and like this and that, that, whatever. And I was like, what? <laughs> really? Like, that's how you guys perceived me. Yeah. Like, they thought that I was way more lighthearted and funny than I remember. Nah, that's, that's funny. <laughs> and, like, I thought I was a pretty broody teen. But, um, <laughs> but it, was, it was so fascinating, you know? And I think that's it's still relevant now. Like, at any stage in your life, you, we, we have a very distorted version of how we appear to the world. Absolutely. And the other thing I'll add to that is that oftentimes when we're a kid, you know, before before we grow up, we have no inhibitions. We think we can do whatever. And I, w- I always say people should go back to that kid-like moment when you thought you could do anything because you naturally yeah. gravitate towards what you wanted to do. You know, for me, yeah. I always wanted to be an athlete. I always wanted to do all that. So I was doing all that. But I remember a time when I was 10 years old uh, and I, or 11, and I remember just asking myself what it is that I wanted to do. And, and for some reason, I kept going back to putting a smile on people's faces. Now, that seems so trivial, but 
when, when I'm tracing back everything that I'm doing now, you know, putting a smile on people's faces is helping people connect to their passions, helping people connect across cultures using the skills that they have, helping people yeah. become better global leaders. But developing that and understanding why I loved sports was the fact that I was working with different people from different backgrounds and we were all working together towards a common goal, whether that was to win, you know. Uh, it was yeah. understanding the capitals of the world because I was like, that means I can get access to another person and say, hey, can you tell me more about Riga in Latvia or Reykjavik in Iceland, even though the normal person would not probably be you know, enthused by the prospect of understanding body, body, bodies of water or uh, places in different countries. But that intrigued me because I was very curious. So it was, it was tapping into that curiosity about the world and um, need to connect to people and connect people across cultures and um, yeah. connecting the dots. So yeah, yeah, there's, there's nothing wrong with going back to being that childlike because before you become quote unquote realistic, which is something I, I hate saying, the world tells you, you can't do that. Well, no, you didn't get this degree. Blah, 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 blah. There is something there. It's actually just published this week and I've got to get it on my Facebook page, but I just published a crowdsourced video that I made called I Don't Want to Fight Anymore. And it's it's a blog post I actually wrote in 2012 when I was still feeling really close to the corporate world, you know, and it always felt like a struggle. And again, that's one of the things that like, for me, as you say, like going back to your childhood, I also, I want to help. I don't want people to suffer for no reason because the truth is, is that most people listening to this podcast and most people who will be exposed to me, for example, on Facebook or on the internet somehow, they're going to be people who are haves, you know, they're the people, the haves of the world, not the have. So if you're a have, if you're born into the Western developed world, for the most part, you probably have so much opportunity. You you have so many more choices than quote unquote, the have nots. And so to see those people suffer and trudge along and fight with the day, you know, like, you know, all these people go, Oh, TGIF. I'm like, I don't even know what that is. Like, cause I don't <laughs> even know what day is Friday. Right. Every day is just kind of good. You know, like yeah. every day is interesting. Every day is good. I got some stuff to do today. You know, like it makes me so sad that people are waiting for the weekend so that they can ex- escape their lives. And, you know, the, from the beginning, one of my mottos when I started my business was how you spend 40 hours a week is how you spend your life. Mm. And I really, I think that's an incredibly powerful quote. And I think that, you know, one of my sort of larger missions is to keep that front and center in people's minds and go like, every day you wake up, you have a choice. Like, is this how you want to do it? You know, because right. I can't handle it. I, I, with people that I love, I can't handle seeing the drudgery. I can't handle seeing the fight. So I made this video, this crowdsource video of people reading these lines and saying, you know, like, I don't want to fight that feeling of lethargy I have in the morning every morning. And I don't want to fight trying to fit in at work and da, da, da. And it's just been amazing. The reception has been phenomenal because I think it resonates so well with Absolutely. so many people. I can see how that resonates completely. And Please do share that video because I'll put that in show notes because that does sound like it's amazing. Perfect. I will for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you were talking about your mission, uh, your mission statement. I, my mission statement is use your difference to make a difference. So Nice. I'm very curious, Heather. How do you use your difference to make a difference? <laughs> <laughs> How do I use my difference to make a difference? Oh, you know, it's... I've always said that my superpower is being able to see the things that you can't, you know, and I think that comes from my worldview. I think that comes from my TCK-ness, from just being a quiet, a more quiet, introverted type of person who observes people 
through all these different chapters of my life in all of these different countries, learning multiple languages and understanding the nuances of different language. I, I use my being different, my being the, the, you know, the rhombus trying to fit into the circle hole in order to help people see the things they can't see about themselves. You know, it's the nuances. It's the, it's the potential. I mean, how many times, Tayo, that I've been talking to someone and I'm just like, oh my God, you have no idea of your own potential. Like it, it's amazing, you know? And it's like getting them, getting people to see that in themselves and then believe in it and then starting to take the steps to, 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 to move into that potential if they want to. And most of the time, once they realize that it exists, they want to, you know? So that that's, I make a difference, I feel, on a one-to-one basis, which is why I love what I do. And it's that it's those, those powers of observation that I've gleaned over this weird, eclectic, you know, adventurous life, global life that I've had. No, I love it. I love it. And people, if you really want to work with uh, with um, the lovely Heather here, make sure you go to you know republicanfreedom.com. She's got an amazing, amazing um, uh, wealth of resources, and as you can tell, her superpower is helping people see things that they might not see themselves. Um, and that's a unique superpower. And that's something that I would encourage anyone to do. So um, definitely check that out. I'll put that in the show notes. Before we go, because I asked the mission statement earlier than I normally do, I want to ask you some rapid fire questions. And then sure we'll close. Why, what, what happened to you in Antarctica? I don't know why I thought of that, but something happened. Yeah, you said expedition guide. I don't know how that helped your business or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh my God. That's a rapid fire question. So I have to give you the rapid fire answer. Um, so part of part of my version of freedom is being being able to do whatever I want. And I had I traveled all the time. I happened to have a friend in the expedition industry that in 2012 said we would really like to have you come and work part time for a couple of months on this expedition ship in Antarctica because you're a life coach and we need someone with your skill set to build the team, da, 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 whatever. And I was like, that sounds great. So I pressed pause on my business and I went down to Antarctica and I worked on this expedition ship um, for a few months. And then I met my eventually to be husband. And so then I every season for three years, I've gone back to work with him. Um, and that's also how I ended up with Sweden, but that's another story. Um, so yeah, so I just, I've been working randomly a couple of months per year in Antarctica on an expedition ship doing like business building and team building and making sure that passengers are happy and also getting to drive like Zodiacs and do all sorts of fun Antarctic adventures. I'm leaving actually in two weeks for one more month down there. Awesome. Awesome. Um, what is, how many languages do you speak? Uh, well, English and sweet and Spanish. <laughs> wow. I used to speak quite decent Japanese, um, but I haven't practiced it in a long time, and now I'm learning Swedish. No, oh, awesome, awesome. Um, I speak English and French. I'm learning Spanish, so I, nice. it's it's very interesting learning a new language. But I, I think it's what you said earlier. It's the idea of of how that helps you connect to people, and and that's yeah. that's how I approach that. Um, yeah. Favorite favorite country in the world. Oh. That's an impossible question. <laughs> that is the that is the response I get that from almost every single TCK I ask that question. But for some reason, I'm such a, a sadistic, evil person, so I like to ask that question. No, I'm not. But I just enjoy it. I enjoy hearing that reaction. Okay, country. You know, I, I will say I will say this. I kind of have a quasi answer for you. I'm 
I'm born and raised in Canada. My parents are born and raised in Canada, but my father was originally from Iceland and he was born and raised in an Icelandic community in Canada. So I was really steeped in Icelandic culture from when I was a little kid. And I still now as an adult go to Iceland at least once a year. Like I love Iceland and long before it became the cool thing to do. Like I really have a strong connection to Iceland. So that would probably be at the top of my list. Fair enough. Fair enough. And where can people find you? They can find me at republicoffreedom.com. Um, definitely, I know nobody wants to sign up for more newsletters, but I promise mine is fun and funny, and I give away a lot of free things. And um, also, I'm on Instagram a lot, so you can find me at Rep of Freedom on Instagram if you like visual storytelling, if you like pictures of weird places, because I'm kind of always on the road um, <laughs> and telling funny stories and stuff, then hang out with me on Instagram. That would be great. There you go. There you go. Uh, Republicafreedom.com. I'll put uh, Instagram and all the social media notes, um, links on, on the show notes. But um, it's been a pleasure talking to you. It's, I feel like I was talking to someone who instantly got me. Um, <laughs> and I guess that is your superpower, which is what you were saying earlier. So if you want to learn how to run that Republic of Freedom in your life, if you want to learn how to use all the skills that you might not have thought were um, useful, but you want, if you want to know how to hone those skills and turn that into a business – Definitely check out Heather's work here on republicanfreedom.com. It will all be in the show notes. But till next time, ladies and gentlemen, use your difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.